Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. I can't even share with you how I was so rote in my faith and I was attending Mass, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck rope in my faith. I did not want to become Catholic. I came into the church kicking and screaming. I even left for a period because I was like, I, I can't. All my plans that I had are gone now, so I tried to go back. Only, and that's only to come back later on because of the ultimately because of the Eucharist. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. My husband comes home from work and I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, 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 I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it, honey. You've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that and I'm, a, you know, he, his big line to me is, you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never follow through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month. He is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 21, St. Paul compares the sacrifice of the Christians to the sacrifice of Israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans. Paul calls the chalice the blood of Christ and the bread as participation in the body of Christ and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time. So in other words, you need to decide what are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice, which is in the Eucharist? or not. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. 
I am Bill Snyder, and as always, I'm joined by Anna Santos. So thank you so much for uh, being here and being a part of our ministry and our mission to simply sow hope into broken hearts and be here to uh, uplift you in your faith. So thanks for joining us this evening. And uh, as I get my uh, co-host, Ann DeSantis, unmuted here, welcome, Ann, and thank you so much, as always, for being here. Oh, thank you, Bill, and thank you, everyone. It's always great to be here. We always have so much to talk about. As you said, it's all about sowing hope into broken hearts. And that's why it's a pleasure and a joy to be here with everyone. It really is. It really is uh, each and every Thursday evening here. So, Anne, uh, tell us who we have as a guest tonight, because uh, I'm super excited. I'm super excited, too. And it's someone that I know, and I, I'm sure that he's going to be an awesome guest for us this evening. His name is David Tallarico. He is a missionary with Focus. And for those who are not acquainted with Focus, Focus is the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. So welcome, David. And thanks so much for being here with us. Hi, Anne. Hi, Bill. So glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So how are you doing, David? I know you're down there in Towson, Maryland, uh, in at the University of Towson, I think it's pronounced, right? Uh, uh, yeah, Towson, Maryland. Towson, yeah. Maryland. So uh, excited to have you here. So tell us, how are things for you right now? I know it's the middle of the summer here, and you are a missionary. Yeah, things have been going really well. Um, we're right now, we've been doing a training this summer. So we're in our third phase of our training. So I'm actually on campus here at Towson University with my team. Um, this week has been our first week. We've been doing a mix of online training, um, preparation for the semester, just getting to really bond with each other, which has been such a blessing compared to what our usual training had, uh, is with Focus. Yeah, it's just been a great opportunity, a lot of good formation, and we're really excited about this upcoming school year. Awesome. Yeah. And it's so good to hear the hope in your vo in your voice because we've all been through some challenges with COVID-19 and some of the restrictions that all of us have had, but it doesn't seem to have stopped you or from the people that you're working with at Focus uh, to instilling the hope that we can find in our faith. So an amazing thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's definitely not the circumstances we thought we were going to be in, uh, but we had a meeting with our founder, Curtis Martin. Uh, and he told us, you know, they're going to tell us the rules. We're going to play to win. So we're here to be able to still continue our mission with focus. You know, if I have to wear a mask, if I have to limit the number of people I can be with at one time, keep my distance, you know, we'll take whatever steps it is, but we still want to be able to share the hope of the gospel and be able to bring students to Christ. So whatever way that's going to look like, we're going to do it. Yeah, you know, I, I really like that. I really like that. Uh, and they're going to tell us the rules, but we're going to play to win. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah. a great line. Uh, yeah, I, I think too. We, I think we got to take that into consideration a lot more uh, in our uh, in our society. You know, I mean, all right, they might be dictating the rules to us right now, but let's play it so we can win um, and and uh, and win hearts for Christ, win uh, win souls for Christ. So uh, that's exactly what you guys are, are so adept at doing as uh, as focus missionaries. So. So yeah, press on and uh, and 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 enjoy the summer months of training and all that because I'm sure it's a blast too, right? I'm sure it's just a blast to get to meet everybody and and uh, you know get to get to kind of build some camaraderie up. I, that that's so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. I am incredibly blessed to have my team here at Towson. My uh, two female teammates, Emily and Liliana, they're both were here with me last year as first years, so we're excited to be back. And then we have a new team director, Joel who's just been amazing so far. So yeah, it's been great to be able to be with them in person. Like you said, training's awesome, as well as like getting to bond, 
have dinners together. We're planning on maybe uh, taking a trip this weekend to go out kayaking or something. So just to really bond and get that community because it really has got to start with the team. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, why don't you talk with us a little bit about like what the teams do? I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I generally know what focus is and, and, and all the great work that's done, but I'd love to pull back the veil a little bit and kind of get a little bit of behind the scenes. If you would just tell us a little bit, like, you know, how, how it all works you know, the teams work and how, how does that structure look? Yeah. So focus, uh, we were founded in 1998. So we're a very young organization, really a fruit of the new evangelization, <clears throat> Excuse me. And we're working to be able to just invite college students to be able to encounter that life-changing power of Christ in their life. So that we can be able to inspire them, equip them to just live lives centered on Christ, to be able to serve and teach. Um, and really so that they can be able to go and do that in whatever vocation God calls them to in life. You know, and We're not just supposed to be some club on campus. We want to be a launching platform to like produce the future, um, just like passionate Catholics that our world needs. Um, but yeah, it's amazing this year as focus, um, we have 800 missionaries and we're at 172 campuses, um, throughout the U S and even some internationally in Europe. Uh, so it's really just an amazing opportunity. Uh, every campus has about, has a minimum of four missionaries, two male, two female, and we really work, um, collaboratively, uh, really living full-time at that campus to be able to just bring Christ to the students, to be able to. Um, lead Bible studies, to be able to work uh, with students in small groups, to be able to have conversations with them. So yeah, that's a little bit of an overview, I guess, just to get us started. But yeah, it's an amazing opportunity and I've been blessed to be a part of it. Yeah, very neat. Very neat. Uh, and so yeah, th thank you for embarking on that mission. You know, thank you for for, for being a missionary and, and helping um, young people get closer to Christ, because, you know, we can talk a lot about uh, the statistics of what happens when uh, a, a young person goes off to college and what happens with their faith, right? Uh, it's something mm -hmm. that you guys probably focus in on a lot. Uh, you know, that, that, you know, a high percentage of students lose their faith when they, when they go to school uh, because they don't, you know, take, take the opportunity to, you know, remain invested in it, that, that faith that's passed on from, from, from their parents, uh, you know, maybe through some CCD classes or through, you know, Catholic schools you know, high schools and, and grade schools as you go through, and then you're like, oh, well, you know what, I'm finally free of that, and there's something that's, you know, like, oh, I get to be my own person. Well, yes, you do, but, um, you know, so, so how do you combat that, you know, mentality that's probably pretty prevalent on, on, on campuses with students? Yeah, absolutely. You're really, isn't a, um, there's a reason that we choose to work on college campuses. Like you said, we find that, like, the majority of, of um, individuals who do leave the Catholic faith will do so by the age of 23. I think the statistics around 80% or so. Um, but yeah, most of them who do choose to leave and it's usually during that college time, um, which is why as missionaries, we really see it as like a, a threefold reason that we're there at college campuses. As you said, college is a time where students are on their own. They're free from the influence of their parents, their uh, whatever type of influence they're under when they're at home. And this is a time where they get to kind of form their own beliefs, form their own character. And this is also a time, the second point, where they're making big decisions about what they're going to do for the rest of their life. You know, they're choosing their, their career. Many of them are going to be finding spouses in college, making decisions in that way. And really, college students are the future leaders of our society, um, whether it be in the church or whether it be in the lay positions that they have, whether it be in politics, um, as lawyers, doctors. So really, yeah, it is our demographic that we see as so important. 
And I think the amazing thing that I've been able to find that I've enjoyed working with Focus is our plan is very simple of how to do that with students. Um, we always call it our win, build, send model in a sense, to keep it nice and simple. But really we wanna be able to, first of all, just invite the students um, to a, an encounter. That's really the win phase. And first of all, it's oftentimes an encounter with us or with other students to just form authentic friendships. Because really in college and in every part of our lives, people just really want people who love and care about them, who get to know them, to share life. Um, and we'll do that through various activities, outreach, um, just spending time with them. Uh, and then ultimately our goal through that is to win them over to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be able to take them into those steps, um, to just bring him into the sacraments to desire to have him as a part of their life and to live like that instead of just like you said like this distant figure that i was taught about but someone who's personally involved um, and then it's really the build and send which i can get more into then is like building the students in the habits of what it is to live out a catholic faith to um, choose the rest of their like career path to really have that christ-centered mindset to like win themselves over to it and then ultimately our goal is to be able to send which is that these students in college will go and evangelize others to be able to help bring them into the faith to share the joy that they found in it as well as to be able to go out to the rest of the world as future leaders as future parents as future members of a parish that they will be able to go in and revitalize that they'll have the skills and the um especially just the passion to want to go out and do that so that's kind of a simple overview of like how we really desire to impact the campuses and impact our students. That's yeah, it's so amazing. And I want to invite people to go to your website because it's focus.org and it says, who are we? Excuse me, who we are. <laughs> the Fellowship of Catholic University Students is a Catholic collegiate out outreach whose mission is to share the hope and joy of the gospel with college and university students, inspiring and equipping them for a lifetime of Christ-centered evangelization discipleship and friendships in which they lead others to do the same. I just love it. And David, you know, I know you personally because you also graduated from college with my daughter, Elaine. David is a graduate of DeSales University. So we say hello to our friends who are listening from DeSales. I know we have some that are on this podcast now listening. Um, so what was your experience like too, David? Because you did take your faith seriously when you were in college. And that's one way that you got to know Elaine, my daughter, because she also did as well and got active there. So what was that like and how did that lead you to where you are now? Yeah, thank you so much. And yeah, DeSales, it was an amazing opportunity to be able to uh, go to college there. I graduated biology in 2019 and it was it's so interesting because I always like to say, if you would have told me at the start of my college career that I would be serving as a Catholic missionary, I never would have believed you um, coming into college. Uh, I was incredibly blessed growing up to grow up in a Catholic household where I received my sacraments. We went to mass. Um, I had that foundation, went to uh, CCD classes, all those things. And it was really an amazing opportunity and really did provide a good foundation. But it was never something, sadly, that I really internalized and took like super personally, um, especially getting into high school and things. I became very uh, focused on my academics, on many of the extracurriculars I was involved in, Boy Scouts, running. And there was all these different things that I was just trying to kind of find my identity. I think that's a big word today. And it's a lot of times what students I think I find on campus are looking for. 
is, you know, I was trying to find what was me, like what defined who I was. And I was putting it into academics. How well could I succeed in my classes? What was the groups I was leading? And, um, and that mentality did follow me into college. I was originally planning on going to medical school after graduation. Um, but yeah, the sales university was such an amazing environment for me. It was first of all, where I encountered a lot of amazing friends like Elaine, um, who just were strong in their faith, who were having fun in it, who really cared about me as a person. And I became uh, very socially Catholic. I put in air quotes, kind of. I very much enjoyed going to mass because it was the place I could hang out with people, going to different clubs. Um, but I did come to start to understand my faith more, taking theology classes, uh, getting involved in different groups on campus, and ultimately leading a Knights of the Knights of Columbus starting like my sophomore year. And um, that was what really got me involved with focus because um, I believe Elaine was on the trip as like the young leaders um, at our campus ministry, our sophomore year focus had a conference that we have every year. Well, two conferences, they alternate years, but it was a seat conference it's called. It was in San Antonio over winter break and they sent a group of us to this conference. And it was my first encounter with focus. I loved the model and I can get into that more and like seeing young students involved in their faith, um, seeing them interested in it. Uh, just really kind of got me more interested in my faith myself. It was like, oh, this seems relevant. This seems joyful. Uh, and that I need to be able to kind of start living a changed life. But it didn't leave a super huge impact, at least initially. Um, I was still not always living the best lifestyle at times. I was still very much heavily consumed by academics and things. Um, but it was really in my second conference I went to in 2018, where I really encountered God in a unique way, um, just encountering the love of Jesus in such a way that I just knew that I had to kind of follow after him. And I can get into more of that if you like, but yeah. it's just been an amazing opportunity. And it just kind of kept following me along the path of just continuing to say yes, to get more involved in my faith, to take my prayer life more seriously and to grow in that relationship and just surrender more and more to God. It was very little steps, you know, I think God knows he's very gentle with us. He knows that if he asked me at the beginning to like be my missionary, I would have said no, but he asked me little steps, you know, like pray with me more often, um, bring the, come to mass, like daily mass, start leading a Bible study, start leading other people in their faith. And then ultimately my heart was slowly opened and I did start to see the idea that this was something I wanted to do. And yeah, that's a simple overview, I guess. And senior year had a lot of discernment and things, especially with medical school as an option that was still on the table. Um, it was not an easy decision by any means, but I just knew that that was where God called me. Um, so that's some of the factors that led me. Such an amazing growth that I had in college, and I'm incredibly blessed to be able to have. So, You know, I remember the first Mass, David, when Elaine was a freshman. And I believe, I could be wrong if my memory isn't serving me properly here, but I think that you sat very close to us during freshman year in that very first mass for the for the freshmen. And Elaine got to know you and your friends and uh, attended a lot of, as you said, some of the uh, campus ministry events and got to know each other. So what a blessing it was for me as Elaine's mother, someone that you were good friends with, to watch this transformation in your own life and then to hear about what you're doing now. Uh, and, and we're all so proud of you, all of your friends at DeSales. I know that for sure. Oh, thank and you I so much. and and even Bill and I, right, Bill? Even mm -hmm. Bill and I the other day had a couple of our friends who are helping us with this uh, book project that we're doing. Say, 
hey, I hear you're having David on the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so hopefully so they're word listening. got around. Word got around. <laughs> I'm sure they're listening. So at some point, whether it's live or whether it's on uh, on demand, they're listening. So that's right. That's right. But it's it's an incredible journey for you. And what it came down to, I think, David, was that you said yes to Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and you're continuing to say yes to Him every day. But just the fact that you're doing this wonderful mission work. Um, so you were about to tell us a little bit more about how your faith journey led you even closer to God in your mm-hmm. prayer life and in decisions. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I briefly touched on it, but coming into college, yeah, I was very much identifying with like my future goals. I wanted to be very successful in my academics. I wanted to take on lots of leadership. I wanted to be a doctor, have influence to be able to nothing necessarily like inherently bad. Like I still wanted to be able to serve people and all these things. It was very selfishly focused, I think, at times. It wasn't really necessarily to be out there. It was trying to prove something, I think, to myself or to others. Who knows? Um, But yeah, I slowly was growing more in my faith and finding it more interesting and coming out of my first conference. And yeah, it was a lot I had to wrestle with coming out of that first conference, like just being struggling with different sins or different things in my life and still trying to reconcile, like having one foot in, like really wanting to do this but still really wanting to cling to this identity that I had built of myself as Dave, the future doctor, academic, scholar, whatever it might have been. Um, And it was really coming to um, that SLS conference that I went to. It was in 2018 in uh, Chicago, just going to all the talks. I was just so inspired. My heart was just being so opened up in so many different ways that I just remember finally like going to uh, adoration and confession they always have at these conferences on one of the nights. So I just remember going to like feeling called to just go to confession and finally just like really open up. So I just remember going to the priest there, just laying it all out there of everything that I've been struggling with, all these things that I was challenged with in my life, all these different struggles and just, yeah, all these like pursuits of my own desires and like success. Then I laid it all out there and I, the priest just looked at me and he was like, God loves you exactly as you are right now. And for your penance, just go back to adoration and just let him love you. And I remember that being something that was so powerful. And I just remember going back to adoration and it was the first time in my life that I really recognized the presence of God there, that that truly was Jesus. You know, I had intellectually come to understand that I had like had read John six and like understood like the, the, apologetics that explained it but it was something in my heart that had to be open to it to just receiving his love and his mercy and receiving that my identity wasn't in any of my sins and struggles it wasn't in any of my successes and like achievements but it was just in the fact that I was a beloved son that that's my primary identity and that is what I have to live out of and it was the natural response that like once I made that decision it was just okay well I want to give my life to you and how can I best do that And he didn't reveal to me that day, like, go be a missionary. It was just start to, like, take those steps. So I started building a regular prayer life, reading the Bible every day. I learned Lexio Divina. Um, I was started working with Focus Missionaries. Uh, They have a program called Digital Campus, now called Digital Outreach. But I worked with a missionary online through Zoom calls, like we've all gotten very used to uh, during this time. Uh, But I was just working with him, and he would help me grow in virtue. And he was challenging me. This was my junior year of college. I was on the road. I was applying to med schools. I was preparing for my uh, medical, my MCAT exam. I was taking three big lab sciences. 
and the missionary told me he's like i want you to start a bible study and i was like i don't i don't really want to start a bible study i'm busy he's like okay when are you starting your bible study i'm like okay next like give me a month he's like okay so i start a bible study and then he's like okay i want you to mentor some students who are you picking i'm just like i i don't really want to mentor any students right now like i'm really busy he's like just tell me the names i'm like okay and i picked three guys um and praise god that he was so pushy i guess in a way i guess he maybe maybe that missionary by the grace of god knew that i could take it that i needed to kind of be pushed in that way but that summer i was applying to med schools taking mcats and things I ended up going on a mission trip uh, with Focus to Argentina, um, which was such an amazing opportunity. But ultimately, one of the missionaries on that trip, along with other experiences, he just told me like, hey, you're doing a lot of stuff that like a missionary does. Have you ever considered applying? And I told him, no, I'm going to med school. Um, that wasn't the thought in my mind, but he planted a seed. And you know, throughout the fall semester, I was really loving mentoring these students, walking with them in discipleship and leading Bible study. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll apply to focus, you know, everyone's got to have a backup plan, med school, you never know what could happen. Um, but I remember going to the interview weekend and kind of coming out of it. And I was just like, oh no, this isn't the backup plan, is it? Um, and I was just like, like great spiritual direction there and just a lot of affirmation. And it took me a lot of time because I still wanted to cling on. Once again, I wanted to cling on to my identity. It was like, I want to be a med student. But God was just like, trust me. Um, ended up accepting the offer for focus before I had actually heard back from all my med schools. I was still interviewing at med schools. Um, and then coming into the spring semester, I ended up uh, interviewing at Drexel University, uh, ended up getting an offer from Drexel University to enter med school, to which case I had to um, focus as a two year commitment uh, as a missionary and med schools only give one year deferrals. So I had to write a special letter and have focus write a letter requesting two one-year deferrals. And by the grace of God, I think it was sometime in like April, like I was able to get that two-year deferral. And it just was such an affirmation that like God was going to provide that I had to let go and be like, okay, I don't know if this med school deferral is going to work or not. Like back in November when I accepted the offer to focus. But yeah, he definitely was with me through all of that. And it was just such an amazing experience to be able to have that affirmation from him be able to just fully give myself now to this mission that was something that I felt called to I didn't know how I would be able to do it in the future if I went on to med school so yeah it was a bunch of little yeses and he was con God was constantly walking with me once I said yes and was just continuing to say yes he was he's always been faithful um, even if it takes time like you know there was a four month five month gap between when I accepted the offer to focus and got a deferral and I just had to keep having faith keep praying keep trusting in him um, and also had great support from friends at DeSales, which was amazing too. So, so it was an incredible journey, but I've been incredibly blessed to be a missionary and the way it's all gone. That's a great story. Um, that's amazing. So uh, it is and truly and uh, and one that you know when we surrender our lives to the Lord, when we just surrender them and we say, Lord, it's all yours. It's all yours. Mm -hmm. um, he he comes through and he works in ways and uh, that, that, that are above our ways, uh, we don't get to see the whole picture. So, um, so you know, credit to you and, um, and kudos to you for, you know, staying faithful to that and, and being able to listen through the tough decisions. Those are not easy decisions to, to, to listen through, Dave. You know what I mean? Like those are not mm -hmm. easy decisions to listen through. Okay, I'm going to, you know, I've got an offer here, and I'm going to take this, you know, wow. I mean, I couldn't, um, you know... I would, at 
at that age, I would have cut and run with uh, with the most lucrative deal I could find, you know. Um, and and now, uh, you know, with a little bit more wisdom and whiskers, um, I I don't look for that as much. Um, so so I would yeah, just what a what a great what a great story. What a great story. Thank you. I, yeah. I will second it. A wonderful, amazing story that I'm happy that I got to actually have a backseat and watch uh, since I met you back in freshman year when Elaine started at the sales. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, you know, our faith is really the most important thing in our lives. And sowing hope, that's what we're all about. It's uh, Our tagline is sowing hope into broken hearts. And the way that we do that is through faith, through uh, educating and having guests like you who are people of faith who are doing great things to help uh, to bring people back to the church or even get them in, you know, help them to actually get into the church too, right? Yeah. Sometimes they're not even involved in, in church life at all. And with working with focus, it says that campus life is such a, a major thing to do with focus. It says on your website that focus missionaries set out on a courageous journey to college campuses eager to reach students wherever they are with the gospel message. So I think that sums it up pretty well, doesn't it, David? Yeah, definitely. It's really been such a blessing to be a missionary. And it's coming from going from DeSales University to Towson University. You know, I always kind of joke that it was like, you know, I went to a small Catholic school in a very rural setting. So like, you know, if God wants to test my limits, he's going to put me in a, a big school that's public in a city. And Towson University comes pretty close with that 10 times the size of the sales right outside Baltimore oh. public school. So, you know, I guess God really wanted to be able to stretch me and it's been an amazing journey, but yeah, it's definitely just been such an amazing gift and such a humbling thing to be able to help bring the gospel to students. You know, God, the Holy spirit is the primary evangelist and I just get to be able to be along for the ride. Um, and it's just such yeah, such an amazing way to see how God's worked through me. And it's been just like it is at the sales, you know. Sometimes I don't always see the fruit. Maybe I'll never see the fruit in my time. Other times he does bless me to be able to see the fruit, whether it be in that exact moment or whether it be like a month or two down the road that I see it. Um, and those are really, yeah, what keeps me going to be able to just see the students become passionate about their faith. Uh, it's such an amazing gift. And that's what I find so giving about this opportunity to serve as a missionary. You're doing a great job. And I know that your heart is completely in what you're doing. And, you know, I'm a mother, as you know. And one thing that I think people of faith worry about is when their child goes off to college, you know, will their faith still be uh, instilled after college is over? And as you said, the age of 23, according to the studies, is, is when some young people decide yes or no, am I going to continue to be Catholic or not? And I think especially in this critical time that we're going through right now, even with the pandemic, um, you know, obviously people have a choice right now because of the dispensation that many of the archdiocese and dioceses have given so that people don't necessarily have to go to mass every week now at the church, right? Yeah. Um, people have a choice. And someone like yourself who's saying, you know what, there's a beauty in making your faith the most important thing in your life. And that's what you've done. That is what you've done with turning down, at least at this point in time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, medical yes. school so that you could evangelize. Mm -hmm. And that's so beautiful because, yeah. you know, 
Uh, I had to go to a funeral recently, uh, just this past week. And I think funerals give us the opportunity that when we look at the landscape of someone's life and what's really important, right? I mean, the funeral that I went to was for my husband's aunt, who was very devoted to uh, her Catholic faith and specifically to the Blessed Mother. She just loved the Blessed Mother. And um, when you listen to the uh, eulogies of people like that, you realize uh, how important it is to make a decision that your faith is your treasure and that you want to pass it on to others. It's so mm -hmm. I think that's just uh, just the most beautiful decision probably that people make in someone like yourself. So um, yeah. now if you were to speak to someone listening, because we do get a lot of younger people that listen on podcasts like this, and maybe they're mm -hmm. thinking about, maybe they're discerning, you know, do I want to do something like this? Uh, would you have any words of advice for them? Yeah, I think really the biggest word of advice that I have is just don't be afraid to start having those small little yeses. You know, we always like to say like, when I, applied to be a focused missionary you know I didn't when I applied I didn't choose to be a missionary I said yes to okay I'm gonna apply um the same thing applies for you know okay I got an offer to go to an interview again and once again I'm not accepting being a missionary I'm just saying okay God yes I'll say yes to go to the interview weekend um and then eventually it did come time to be like okay yes or no I'm being a missionary um but I think those little steps I think sometimes we can be so afraid of that final yes or no that we don't start taking the first steps. I know even in my own life, like looking after focus, like I have to be able to be willing to take those first steps. So for someone, maybe they're considering like entering into a nonprofit. Um, you know, you don't have to say yes or no to quitting your other job today. You know, you just have to say like, okay, yes, I'm gonna apply for the job or I'm gonna interview and or talk to someone who's in that job. Um, or maybe someone's discerning a religious vocation or priesthood, you know. You're not saying yes to like, okay, like you're going to be ordained tomorrow if you say yes. It's like, okay, I'm going to say yes to going on a come and see retreat. Yes to visiting and talking to a seminarian. Yes to just making a phone call to my vocations director. Um, I think just giving that opportunity. And, you know, God likes, he wants to work through our natural faculties. You know, he's not going to be leading you. I had a spiritual director I was talking to, you know, he's like, we're not playing like a game of like hide and seek. Like, you know, God's not trying to like hide my vocation down the road and I have to find it. You know, he wants us to get there. So if we're like starting down a path and we're like, okay, like I don't feel at peace with this. I just don't see if this is the best use of my talents. That's okay. And there's no harm in losing. And worst case scenario, you at least have the peace of mind of knowing like, okay, I like started down that path and it's not for me at least not right now. And like, that's a gift. So I think if someone is considering that, and if you're considering focus at all, if you're a recent college graduate or anything, yeah, don't be afraid to do that. Like I said, I never would have thought that I could get a two-year deferral from med school. There's many other missionaries I know. I have a friend named Nick who deferred um, law school. I have several friends who, God bless them, they were willing to defer like six-figure salaries to do focus. Um, and like, that's a testament, I think, to the power of Christ in them. And it's a terrible testament to our students. I find like, you know, they can see that like their big goal is like, I get my degree, I go out and earn money and I'm happy or something. But it's actually funny in that you said it. Um, we oftentimes use that as like a way, like uh, funerals as an idea of like to get students to think what's important. We're like, okay, when you reach like your funeral, what do you want people to say about you, you know? You know, nobody wants someone to go Amen. up and be like, he made a lot of money. Um, he was, 
really busy all the time and just really committed to like, you know, there's, there's a, there's a certain value to like being committed to work, but it's like, Oh, he was really busy all the time. Or, you know, he never took a chance and risked anything. It's like, Hmm, that's not the things people want. You know, they want to have good relationships. They want to be able to say that they did the Lord's work in their life and that they were confident in that and passionate about what they did. So yeah, don't be afraid to have those small yeses and take those steps, I guess, for anyone who's out there considering taking a leap of faith, you know? Yeah. Uh, You know, I mean, but what just popped in my head uh, was the gospel story of the talents, right? Where, where Jesus gives Mm -hmm. these talents to people uh, or or, or stewards and says, uh, you know, I'm going to go away for a period of time. And, you know, the one dude that buries her talent in the sand, he's not happy with. Uh, the guy, it's the guy that takes the risk and says, oh, guess what? I doubled your money. I doubled it. You know, and, and uh, it's, there, there's something to be said for what, exactly what you said. You know, okay, you know what? I don't have to um, do the entire, you know, thing right now. I'm just taking a step toward this goal. And if, and if God, you know, leads in a different way, you know, it, it very might well be while you're on this two-year mission for focus, you end up meeting people or doing something that that the Lord says, this is what I want you to, you know, to focus on in med school. This is my plan for your life. And without giving those two years, uh, or without even, you know, as you said, you know, giving the years of um, of, of time and, and talent uh, to a, a religious order, you know, discerning, you know, your future vocation with, with, um, you know, intention, having intention and, and doing those things. When, when you do that, um, the, the Lord, even though it might not be your end all vocation, it might not be your end all order, religious order that you're joining, whatever it might be, the, the Lord is using those experiences because he is, he is, you know, giving you grace in it so that, you will be more proficient in where he plants you uh, for for a longer period of time, and so I just think that uh, what you said has a lot of wisdom there. And and if if the missionaries or if the students that you are coming into contact with as a missionary, if if you are encountering them and and, ta- and talking to them like that, which I'm sure you are, you know, that gives them so much, um, you know, peace and a plan for their life where, okay, I don't have to worry about it. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know what, having six figures would be really nice. Um, doing this, all these different things would be really nice, but it's not, it, is it what the Lord wills for my life? And if it's not, you know, then we shouldn't be doing it. So what a wonderful, um, what a wonderful testimony and, and testament to your faith uh, that, to, to really just, you know, say, all right, I'm going to follow the Lord's will, and I'm going to do it today, and I'm going to take the little baby steps. <laughs> you know, that that uh, very funny movie, What About Bob, where he's taking all the baby steps all around. Um, it, but it really is very simply like that, you know. Just take the baby steps, and, and God will lead you on the right path. So that's so, so inspiring. Absolutely. It really is. It's incredible to watch. And, uh, and I know that Focus is just a wonderful organization, and I invite people again to go on the website at focus.org. It says on the website, it's a lifelong mission. Just want to read what it says that the focus mission only begins on campus beyond college. These men and women step out into every level of society equipped to lead others to become missionary disciples in their families, parishes, workplaces, and communities. So it's, it's a very big mission. 
And it's so needed right now. It must be a real honor for you and the people that you work with to represent such a super organization that's doing God's work. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so blessed to be able to work for Focus. It's been such an honor um, just to be able to take those steps and do the Lord's work. And I've grown so much in it. Um, yeah. As Bill said, like, you know, taking the two years off to be a missionary has really helped me grow a lot, whether it be in my just who I am as a person and also in like how I can live out my faith after in whatever vocation God calls me to, um, that I'll be ready to do that. And, you know, they'll definitely be learning and I won't know it all. Um, but he's definitely been giving me a lot of insights and a lot of good things to be able to learn and good relationships too. like my relationships, with my teammates and things I hope to take with me for many, many years past, um, to just have that support of good Catholic friends who are able to yeah, build me up and give me the advice and things I need. And there's a real honesty there, I'm sure, too, because when you're trying to live a life of virtue, uh, you know that there's going to be times where you need an honest friend of faith that you can pray with and talk to. So that's really beautiful. And you're modeling that, aren't you? I mean, you're modeling that to the students that you meet, that when you're walking the road of faith, you don't walk it alone. You walk with the Lord and that's why they call it the church because it's comprised of people, right? It's comprised of God's children who are committed. Yeah, absolutely. I could never do what I do without it. And yeah, my teammates and things, especially even my students at times, they all call me higher. Um, they constantly, my humility is checked on campus, especially as a first year missionary coming from a school that didn't have focus. There's a lot of things I had to learn. There's a lot of things that I had to yeah, surrender, I think, comes to mind. I just had to surrender my expectations for what it looks like to be a missionary, surrender my control. You know, I, the Holy Spirit changes hearts. You know, I can put in everything that I, everything that I think I can, and like a student could still fall away. And I've seen students that have fallen away and, you know, the Lord is the one who brings them back. I've had great examples of students who have done that. And I've just learned a lot, even especially with like the COVID-19 going on. There was so many things I had to surrender, you know, I did not originally sign up to be doing video calls on Zoom um, for Bible study or to be, you know, not being able to go to mass and holy hour, which is in, in a church for a long time, which is something that we we're blessed, you know, took for granted as a first year missionary. I was like, yeah, I'll get to do that every day um, or be separated from my team. But yeah, it's really in doing that that I get to allow, you know, the Lord's in control, um, None of this is a surprise to him. He's not like COVID. He came up and he didn't know it was happening. You know, everything's there and he has a reason for it. And he wants to be able to use it and to be able to be that support for the students too. And also tell them, like, I think one of our biggest uses as a missionary is to not just like seem like we have it all together. To be able to tell them like, yeah, my prayer is hard lately. I haven't been able to focus. I haven't been able to like feel God's presence. And yeah, I'm. I, it's, it's tough or maybe I'm, you know, like, oh, yeah, COVID's tough. I really do want to be able to be in person with you guys. And that is hard on me. Um, but to be able to be honest with them and just be able to do that, it shows them that they, they don't have to hide things from us. You know, they don't have to pretend that they're perfect, that they have no sins, no struggles, no doubts, you know, like there's easily temptation to be like, yeah, like, God, what are you doing in this? Like, I don't understand it. And to be able to just say like, yeah, I'm with you there, but we just have to trust and like, to pray with them and yeah, lead by example in, in both the good and also in like the, I know where you're at and I can understand like never perfectly, but 
I can get it and like, it's okay. Like we will have room to grow. I'm only 23 years old. I have plenty of things to learn. <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's a humility there, isn't there? And I'm sure that you learn that every day with what you're doing, as you said, especially through COVID-19 too, and that it's not exactly what, what you thought it would be. I don't want to end our uh, podcast before we talk about how people can help. So I just want to mention, be sure to mention that. I know that there's some fundraising efforts that you can uh, discuss with people who are listening. You know, for people who are listening, if you care about the Catholic Church, you know that helping for younger people to stay in the church is a major, major thing. I mean, I'm the director of a foundation myself, and I know that this discussion is had all the time, how people are worried that millennial and younger age brackets are not uh, honoring your faith. They're not going to be me members of the church in the future. So mm -hmm. what you're doing is work that's helping to for that to continue, that people uh, young people are given the gospel message in a way that they understand and that they want to follow, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I wondered if you could share with us, how can we help you, David? How can we help focus? Yeah, absolutely. We are such an, it's an amazing organization to work with all the missionaries, but one of the blessings and yeah, it's actually a blessing and a joy to be able to do is that we as missionaries, in order for focus to grow as exponentially as it has and do things, we fully fundraise our salary um, in order to serve on campus. Um, and it's been such a gift because it really allows me to like, as much as it is like, okay, there's four missionaries that serve at Towson, but each of those missionaries has around 50 supporters each month. So that's 200 people that are supporting all of us missionaries at Towson. Um, and they're praying for us and they're providing financial support where they're able. Um, then we usually seek monthly donations to be able to provide for our needs, to be able to meet our students. Um, yeah, I can gladly share my, you can find missionaries if you go to the focus.org. Um, you can actually go to focus.org backslash missionaries. Um, and then you can search names of missionaries. So Dave Tallarico um, is my name. Uh, my team and I are always looking for support because we want to be able to provide. This allows us to be able to um, provide resources for students, send them on to mission trips, send them on conferences to provide meals to provide opportunities like I've taken students to trips to DC to uh, go on fun things like axe throwing or just to go outside and go hiking. Things that are just simple things, but they allow us to be able to encounter our students and also meet like whatever our needs are to serve. Um, but especially I wanna like just ask for prayers. Um, you know, we're in hard times, the students are really challenged and there's just a lot of need um, for the work that we do to be able to bring these students to Christ, you know. Um, they really need hope, as you said. This is a hard time. The students need something on campus more than just, you know, their classes aren't looking the way they want. They're not able to be with friends the way they want. They need an anchor of God in their life, of Jesus Christ, to be able to have something to hold on to. Yeah. Um, so prayers for that and any financial support. Um, yeah, always happy. Always happy to talk to anyone as well. You can always reach out my on the on my giving page. All my contact info is there. I'm always happy to talk to anyone who wants to hear about the mission or wants to support in any way. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we can put that in the page notes. Yeah, yeah, we'll stick that in the show notes, folks um, that are listening right now on uh, YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, head over to uh, the Podbean uh, site uh, when the show is over, and we will uh, have it all listed in the show notes for you at the uh, bottom of the um, 
at the bottom of the post. So uh, check that out, and uh, and and then you can of course listen to this again or, or share it with a friend that uh, might want to hear this. I always encourage y'all, uh, even right now listening live, uh, just hit the share and like button. Uh, so that more and more people can hear this stuff, because here's the bottom line, you know, the more people that hear this, uh, the more people that pray for focus, and uh, the more people that uh, this touches, maybe moving somebody's heart to give a, a small donation to focus, uh, or, or or Dave through uh, this, this great work, so uh, please, um, please uh, just you know, like, share it, um, you know, wherever, wherever you can. Uh, there might be a few college kids out there that are looking uh, at schools right, right now and, you know, thinking about, you know, where they're going to be going and, and whatnot. And there's been so many good uplifting things in this program that Dave's been talking about. So please, um, please uh, just share it and like it. Uh, and thanks so much for tuning in, as always. Yeah, we're so grateful. I was very excited for your show uh, and I will say, because I know you, David, <laughs> and, uh, and Elaine was saying, Mom, make sure you tell them I said hello. And you're to sales friends. Uh, now, it says on the website also that the fastest growing religious demographic in the United States are people who list their faith as unaffiliated. That was from uh, the U.S. Religious Landscape Survey mm -hmm. from Pew in 2008. And that's why you do, I'm thinking, what you do and what other focused missionaries do because yeah. it is just so needed. You know, our lives are a lot more than just our jobs and our occupations. If I'm correct, David, I think also what you try to instill is that it's about vocation. And yeah. rarely do you hear those words um, from uh, maybe some secular institutions, uh, mm -hmm. the idea of vocation, you know, the plan that God has for your life, uh, whatever that is, um, maybe I wondered if you could speak a little bit about that piece. Yeah, yeah, definitely vocation. Uh, so focus as alumni, um, we've had over 840, I think, missionaries and like students involved with focus go on to vocations as far as religious life, um, religious sisters, priests, nuns, um, things of that sort. And it's been such an amazing opportunity. I think one of the best things to be able to do is just to be able to walk with students as they journey. Um, because I think it really comes from encountering God's love and just being able to see how can I best live out what he desires for me? How can I best love other people? Some people, that's a religious calling. Some people, that is to just love in their family and to be able to do that. And it's such an amazing thing to be able to walk with students in that because it is a very hard time. You know, I've been in college and I've made hard decisions. It's very hard to know what you want to do with your life. But if students find that sense of belonging, if they find that joy that comes from the church. Um, it's just such an amazing opportunity. Um, and I think I'll share one story because I think it's always good to get a student uh, involved. And one student told Please. me that he really wanted me to share his story. So I'll share about Drew. Um, but like you said, one of the largest demographics is the nuns, the people that don't really have much of a faith. Um, and Drew is a student that I met pretty early on at Towson. Um, he was not actually a Towson student at the time but he was dating one of the Towson students um, and he showed up at our Sunday mass. Um, he was not Catholic, he was Christian, but he didn't really practice. So kind of falling in towards that nun area. Um, and it was really cool to just kind of walk with him as he grew uh, in friendship with me. Um, we went to DC together to like go to like Catholic sites, but also to see the monuments, to have fun, have a meal. Um, we went ax drawing together. We would go hiking and we just have conversations, casual ones about life, sometimes ones about deeper things. Like, what do you hope to do with your life? What do you, what do you find important? Um, you know, like, yeah, just who is God to you? 
And like some of those take longer to be able to enter into. But earning that friendship, I kind of got to walk with him. And Drew was really progressing a lot in his faith. He was very much enjoying mass. He liked the Catholic faith. He was in RCIA. Um, but we reached a point kind of at the end of the fall semester where he was really struggling in his identity. He didn't feel like he was a perfect Catholic. Um, this is how he described that. There were certain vices in his life that he just couldn't move past. I invited him to go to, into uh, mentoring with me. I invited him to go on a mission trip and he just, he didn't feel ready and he backed out. And it was so hard for me because I thought that everything was I had done had been enough. Um, and another humbling experience, you know, the Holy Spirit has more than I can. And it was amazing to be able to, I offered him a full scholarship to come with us to our conference SLS. So another reason that our fundraising is so important, he wasn't planning on coming. I was like, you don't have to pay for anything. And he came. And it was at SLS that just watching, like the greatest joy for me, I know my experience at SLS was so impactful to be able to see him at adoration. He was just ready to ask God, he said, what direction he was supposed to be going in. He was discerning his vocation in a sense of like whether he's called to enter into the church or not. And it was at adoration that his prayers, he told me, were answered, that there was this wave of emotion and relief that just washed over him. And he told me that he realized that he was home, that he was home in the Catholic Church and that he was home in Christ. And he realized that all those things he was holding on to, they could never fill his heart and his soul the way that his faith could. And since then, it's been amazing to be able to see him continue to grow in his faith. You know, there's still ups and downs like anyone else, but he has that, at the very least, you know, he has the identity as a son of God. He has the identity as being a member of the church. Um, he actually was confirmed this summer after COVID, everything. So I got to be at the ceremony, very small with everything going on, but it was such an amazing blessing for him to be able to see that. And he's taking on more leadership next year. He's really modeling virtue really well, practicing his prayer life and the sacraments. It's just been amazing to see. And so much of it is the Holy Spirit. I just get to contribute to it, but it's such a joy. And I think it's stories like that where in one year, actually to the day, he got confirmed on the day of his first mass he ever went to. Um, so he went back to the same church and everything. He got confirmed to the day. So one year he went from being someone who never would have been to a Catholic church to being baptized and confirmed as a Catholic. And I don't know what his future holds for him. Um, he still has many opportunities and I'm praying you to consider his missionary if he's listening, Drew. Um, Hello, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> I know he is. <laughs> so, but and if it's yeah, on the replay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's been cool to walk because I think the found like vocations are important, but it's really about that relationship. If you have a relationship with God, if you understand his love for you, then he will lead you to where you need to go. And I think Drew has been able to get to that point. And obviously there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be challenges. But I know that if he stays rooted in his faith, the Lord has great plans for him. And he'll be able to use him and his story to be able to change others. Who knows? Maybe even as a missionary or something else someday. But it's just such a gift to be able to do that with students. And I think it's a great story to kind of, especially as we wrap up, to just kind of show that there's hope and that there are changes that happen in things. Awesome. It's truly awesome. I'm so glad you brought up that story because stories is where it really all comes together. And I have a big smile on my face because anytime I hear that someone like Drew's life has been changed so much that he loves God and is on this beautiful path, not to say that there's going to be challenges. We know that. And you've made a lifetime friend, I think, David. Absolutely. I think that you and Drew will be friends for life. At least that's my feeling. 
because mm-hmm. when whenever God is involved, he's the glue that holds our friendships together. And Absolutely. how beautiful is that? So it's been so wonderful to have you as a guest. And I'm so truly grateful to you. And I say hi to all of our common friends that are probably listening right now, our friends from DeSales <laughs> and a lot of your focus friends too. And, and uh, just inviting them also to please uh, to like uh, and subscribe to Patchwork Heart Ministry Radio, where Bill Snyder is the founder and, and has some beautiful podcasts, including this one. And this one, again, is called Sowing Hope. So we hope that you'll uh, come back again. David, we'd love to have you back as a guest. Oh, absolutely. I'd be happy to. It was a lot of fun and always happy to share the joy of the gospel and stuff. It's such a blessing. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was a real pleasure, David. Uh, and for those people who are listening right now uh, on YouTube, uh, don't forget to head over to the Podbean site. Um, as Ann just kind of mentioned, if you want to subscribe to this program or if you're listening to it later, uh, hit the subscribe button. That way you get to know when we're going live and when we're going on on the air and everything like that. There's a little bell next to it on YouTube as well. You hit the subscribe and then you hit this little bell and you'll get a notification uh, pushed to your smartphone that says, hey, we're going live with Sewing Hope. Or we're going live with another program. Um, and, and, and that just helps, uh, you know, spread the gospel to more and more people, um, as, as, uh, the audience grows. So thanks so much for tuning in tonight, everybody. And thanks so much, uh, for being a part of our ministry. Uh, again, please check out our websites, uh, which is patchworkheart.org and andasantis.com. Uh, we always keep that stuff updated with all the most current shows and everything. Um, uh, before, before we go in, why don't you let us know who's coming up, uh, tomorrow night on, uh, journeys in faith yeah it's very exciting because on fiat ministry network on facebook i am going to have a guest tomorrow evening it's a show called journeys in faith with ann desantis and it's on at 8 30 p.m eastern time as a live show tomorrow night we have penny warner and penny is the founder of the love chaplet and it, it's a beautiful story of how god uh, gave her this gift of the, a, a prayer, a prayer all about the love of Christ. And so please watch tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern. And if you can't watch it live, it's going to also be on Patchwork Heart Ministry YouTube and Podbean. Yes, it will. So, uh, folks, thanks so much uh, for tuning in. It's going to be a great uh, show tomorrow night as well with Penny. Uh, she's a great friend of ours. And uh, mm-hmm. so please, please tune in and enjoy uh, the programming that we have. And uh, David, once again, thank you so much for spending time with us here uh, t- t- tonight. It's been an absolute joy to have you on. Amen. Thank you, Bill and Ann. I've enjoyed it a lot. All right. God bless, David. Thank you. Well, uh, folks, uh, this will wrap up. Uh, it's hard to believe it's another week already uh, to be wrapped up here on uh, Patchwork Heart Radio. But uh, I encourage you all to uh, head over to Fiat Ministry Network tonight as well to watch Hungry for More with Al Smith. Uh, that's always a great show. So please head over to our friends at Fiat Ministry Network. But until next time, keep beating to your Catholic hearts and sowing hope into broken hearts. I'm Bill Snyder. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.
Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. I can't even share with you how I was so rote in my faith and I was attending Mass, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional, I was stuck rope in my faith. I did not want to become Catholic. I came into the church kicking and screaming. I even left for a period because I was like, I, I can't. All my plans that I had are gone now, so I tried to go back. Only, and that's only to come back later on because of the ultimately because of the Eucharist. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. My husband comes home from work and I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, 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 I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it, honey. You've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that and I'm, a, you know, he, his big line to me is, you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never follow through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month. He is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 21, St. Paul compares the sacrifice of the Christians to the sacrifice of Israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans. Paul calls the chalice the blood of Christ and the bread as participation in the body of Christ and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time. So in other words, you need to decide what are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice, which is in the Eucharist? or not. 